You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Hello, good evening, everyone, and welcome to a special edition, a live episode of the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. We are here, we are live. Thank you for your waiting. And uh, yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Paul Stevenson. I am a mortgage agent. You can uh, check me out at paulstevenson.ca if you haven't already. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by David Warren, mortgage Jordan, mor- wow, mortgage agent. Wow. I was going to say mortgage owner, mortgage agent <laughs> and owner at Referral Mortgages. And, I do own uh, a mortgage. We have, <laughs> and, we do, and we do have Greg Campbell, who's on mute. Greg Campbell, realtor extraordinaire. I just caught that. Yeah. At the Agency Ottawa. <laughs> the Agency. Thank you for being here. Great shirt, Greg, as Thank always. You. Thank you. And uh, guys, we got some questions in the chat already, but I'd love to ask, how was the long weekend? How was Thanksgiving? What did you guys get up to? David, you go first. Start with the easy questions. Um, weekend was good. Weekend was good. We had a, uh, well, Paul, I was with you Friday night. We had a, a 40th birthday party for a good friend of ours so that was fun it was almost like a high school reunion if you will that was that was a lot of fun and then up to the cottage and hosted some family up there for for thanksgiving and uh, yeah unfortunately paul was not able to make that one made it friday though a little bit of extra turkey left over without me there i'll tell you that yeah oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and some gravy probably i'll drink from the bowl if i have to i had an extra 10 pounds of the turkey that we had cooking just for just for you paul so we were were left with a lot of leftovers (laughs) yeah i was fortunate enough to get one of the legs at my brother's on saturday and Mm. just live for it love it (laughs) love it yeah we We had had, uh go ahead paul sorry i was gonna say we had a 25 man dinner over at my brother's on saturday maybe more Oh. Uh, all the grandkids, grandparents, both sides of the family. It was, it was great. It's awesome. Seeing the kid, kids are in the basement, playing their mini sticks. Parents are upstairs talking about politics, shitting on politicians, uh, watching football. You know, it was pretty fun. It was great. <laughs> what about you, Greg? What'd you get up to? I was at the cottage. As I think I talked to you from there, Paul, for a minute. Yeah. Foggy. Foggy. <laughs> I was there on uh, Friday. We had Luca and uh, we had Luca and his lady up and uh, it was great. We, we had a lot of fun Friday night, and then Saturday we chilled. Sunday, we drove back into Manitic to my cousin's. First time we'd been there for dinner in a while. Yes. With the family. Drove back to the cottage. Uh, you know, great weekend. Anna drove back in yesterday. I drove back in today. I'm, I'm feeling... I have, a sin, I have sinus pressure, everyone. But I'll tell you what. I'm feeling okay now. Only because... We're doing a live stream and I'm kind of jazzed about that. My yes. energy five minutes ago was not the same as soon as lights, camera, action. Campbell, big stuff. Initialize. <laughs> Let's go. Engage. 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 <laughs> so I'm here after I get off this, dying. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like it's probably like most people watching too. Most people listening are just dying after the long weekend. First day back to work. Everyone's exhausted. Sitting on the couch, probably. Don't have to be engaged. They can just couch potato and watch. <laughs> and, and, and I'm showing all day tomorrow, two different clients. That's a sign of pretty healthy market for my business anyways. I don't know about everyone else. It's been a weird, been a weird, weird, few, weird few weeks. Yeah. Well, Great segue, let, Greg. Let's just jump into let's it. Let's get into we these got, questions. Let's see what people want to know. We got, we got lots. We got, we got lots of questions about new builds. We got some questions about prices. And I know we wanted to touch on a few articles about what's happening in Ottawa and what's shaking. So 
rates have stabilized a bit, so a little, you know, hot off the press. The, the bond rates have come down slightly this week, which makes me think from a prediction standpoint, Sasha wants predictions, which we can give later in the mm. show, but I think that probably indicates that we might see a hold again by the Bank of Canada, which could be good. I think the bonds going up has kind of done the job for the feds. That's my thought, at least. I don't know if that's actually what is going to happen, but I think there's an argument now that, you know, with bonds up, fixed rates are moving. I think that there's an argument to hold in October. And I'm going to go on the edge and say we might even see a quarter point drop before the end of the oh, year. Oh, man. Wow. Dave's rolling his eyes. No, wow. no. No, I'd say probably we're not going to see a drop probably for another year. But I think we will see another hold in October. That's going to be that's I'll put that. I'll put that in, you know, on tape. Put it on real right now. I'm skeptical yeah. about that. We'll see. But yeah, no, I think the... I think the market is still moving. I mean, I was saying actually, Greg, to a colleague of yours that it seemed like with the announcement in September for about a week, I might have said this on the show last week, so sorry if it's redundant. For about a week, everything kind of picked up and then the inflation numbers came out and everyone was through the roof and f fixed rates went up and bond rates were up and doom and gloom and all the headlines were negative. And the sunny weather. And, and it was warm. And then warm. it stagnated, it seemed. And yeah, it was 30 warm, degrees. man. Yeah. yeah. No one wanted to do, everyone was just sitting on their hands. Or doing something else with their hands. I don't Engaging. know. Engaging. Engaging. Something hands. was happening, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. What have you guys been seeing, though? Have you seen, like, I, I see, at least in the last week, it seems like more conversations are happening. But again, it's it's so hard to tell. Everything seems, I wouldn't even say it's cyclical anymore. It's, like, completely random. Like, it's some it, weeks are busy, some are It's random. I'm finding, like, I, I've seen homes over 1.2 million to 2 million that have sold quickly, which is, I mean, that's, you know, you just, it's just something that we've seen. And. The thing is, the buyers at that price point are obviously just ready to buy at any time kind of thing, I would say. The, the, the lower level market, I've seen it pick up pretty quickly. I met with a new buyer tomorrow. We had, we had 11 booked, and it was her first day. I said, like, you know what? Let's just let's go for it. So I booked all 11. Four of them have offers since I booked them yesterday afternoon. Oh, wow. So that was a good sign. And when I mentioned that to all the agents that called me to ask if we wanted to move up our showing... I said, well, it's a first time or it's our first day out. There's no way that we're going to be ready to do thing. I said, but, you know, on the fourth one, I said, you're the third, the fourth agent that's let me know. They were like, oh my goodness, that's great. It seems like the market's picking up and that's in the 300 to 400 range, mm -hmm. low level condos, you know, so I, and I haven't, I'm out with someone looking at a units between 550 to seven this week as well. And two of the units that we had on the list that had been on the market for 30 days now have offers. They're conditionally sold. And that's all, that's all over, that's since Friday. So that's, that's the sign that things are picking up as we kind of spoke about. And as uh, I spoke with other agents that that may happen, the, I do know that one of the quieter price margins in, or in Orleans or in the East end specifically is like the 850 to a million to 850 to 1.1, very, very dry. There's people that want to buy, but everyone's kind of waiting to see. I feel like the rate, the impending rate hike may affect that segment more than others for some reason. I don't know. I'm just like, when I'm, when I'm looking at what's happening in the market, I'm seeing that, that that realm is the one that's just kind of sitting still. Anything under is is starting to move and things above are just, you know, it's for those those buyers that have a lot of extra paper. You know, I think the mar I think that mark that 
price point, like you were saying, of the 800 to 1-1, a lot of those buyers are probably on their second, third home where they don't, maybe they might not have as much equity built up. And so yeah. they're having to qualify for a higher mortgage amount. So obviously price comes into play from a qualifying perspective. Whereas, you know, like you mentioned that 2 million up and somebody, somebody's got, you know, they have a lot of equity already built up or mortgage paid off or, you know, or they are in that higher income bracket that, that it's not impacting them as much. I have a, you know, I have a client I was mentioning the other week or last week that set after seven days, you know, a listing over 2 million and they got multiple showings and got an offer within seven days of, of listing over that yeah. 2 million range. So, you know, it doesn't, there are different price points and that are seeing, you know, but their comparables on that property or, or others in that say They're neighborhood this... have been sitting some of them for 150 days. You know, again, we've talked about it a lot of, you know, a lot is it takes a specific buyer or a specific property just shows better than others or is more unique yes. that, that stands out. And so it gets that traction quicker. But I think the tough one is in that eight, probably that 800 to one, one in the East end. Cause a lot of those are track homes, if you will, mm -hmm. they're not custom homes or anything like that. You're still in that, that track home builder grade. One thing, I, one thing, go ahead, Paul. I'll I was going to roll over to a question from one of our listeners. I think so that's, a, ahead, I think that's a great idea. Okay. I could just speak for hours right now. Well, we're going to keep talking. We're just going to answer questions. Like I said before, I'm jazzed, whatever that means. <laughs> you look it. Okay. So good evening, guys. Thoughts on builders reducing prices on already sold units slash models for people with deposits down. We talked about this. Someone asked this question, I think maybe even on the last AMA. And we were saying that we had seen actually the complete opposite where builders, sorry, no, exactly what they're saying. Someone was asking if builders saying that builders wouldn't reduce their prices because of people that have already bought. And we were saying the opposite, that builders really don't care about past buyers. They really just want to sell nope. the next home out the they door. They don't have a choice. No offense to builders, but really it's a, you know, they're in the business of selling homes. And I was talking to you guys before we came on air. I had a recent client who bought a, from a big builder. This isn't, you know, some run in the mill builder, like from a big builder and that are coming up for closing it appraised and it appraised at 30,000 under what they paid. So that's another one. They're, they're coming up with that difference themselves now. And that's going to probably happen now. On the flip side, before mm -hmm. I before I even go there, Dave, <laughs> you said you had a client that had their property appraised on a new build in Orleans it, for hundred thousand more um, than what they paid. So this is a like mid, a mid a mid September close. So we're talking three weeks ago close. Make it make sense, guys. More. Make it make sense. I don't know. <laughs> Very yeah, strange. Two different that's... property types, obviously mm -hmm. different locations in the city. Mm -hmm. But it's but that's, yeah, that's it's... that's that's crazy. I mean, mm -hmm. I have you know I have a lot to say about this, if I may. If I may, go ahead. Speak your mind. I, engage. I, I won't engage. Uh, engage. I won't, <laughs> I won't dwell on this for too long. I won't speak too much. So I know we mentioned it on a show previously. The I had a referral from Toronto, from the GTA. They had bought a new build two years ago for $850 here. Now it's uh, it's about to close, I think, end of this month. And they wanted to sell. They wanted out because they know what the market, you know, they're just, it's, they just don't feel that they can hold on to it at this point with the rates, with the rate difference. And they asked me what, it, what I could sell it for. And I said, well, I said 750 at the most. And the new ones are still there. They have a couple models left that are closing around the same time that are at 750 
or just a little bit less. You know, they told me this upgrades, upgrades, upgrades. I'm like, okay, but still I'm like 750. I go and to me, that was pushing it. Anyways, that's when I found out that they paid 850. So that's a perfect example of they bought when it was 850. Now it's 750. And now what's he going to do? He's going to rent, still going to lose money monthly, still going to lose monthly, but it hurts less than taking just a $100,000 bath mm -hmm. right away in one shot. So he's going to hold on to the asset. He, he can do it. So he's going to hold on to it, even though he doesn't want to build equity over time, hopefully. And that's, that's that with that. Now, the other thing I've, I've been studying this a bit in the States. I want to say, I haven't seen it here yet. I've read so many articles about it in the U S I don't think I've read it in Canada, but there are, and I, I can see this happening here for sure. There are new home builders partnering with lenders. Did we talk about this with lenders that are buying down the rates? So if you buy a new build, you buy a new build, you will get it at like, let's say the rates, let's say you can get 6% from your lender, from your bank, you will get five from the builder. So they were doing it here. There was, we are there doing was a number. Here. Yeah, there was a number of builders that when the market first initially dropped at the beginning of the summer, they were offering through specific lender, like banks, like certain lenders. And, and, and that, that was in the, that was in the GTA? That was in Toronto, in Ottawa that, that we've had. A okay. Few. So then maybe um, I'm, <clears throat> but it's, but it's a, it'll be a specific bank, not across the board. And so they'll have a relate, they'll basically be using a lot of time the bank who they get their construction financing for, for that project. They'll then right. that, that bank looks for them to offload most of the residential mortgages. So instead of dropping the value of the properties, so drop or dropping the list price of those new product coming on for the same reason that I think it was Ian was talking about is they didn't want to initially drop like and drop their price of what they're offering properties at right out of the gate by 75, hundred grand when prices were dropping through the, through the spring. So instead they were offsetting that. So places were, would still also help appraise, but they would be foregoing that 50 grand to buy down the rate instead. And so they were getting like some really ridiculous. Some, so this some is, really good so this is the thing. And this, and it makes sense. It makes sense. It gives the resale community the opportunity to pause mm -hmm. and it pushes the new build platform further, which is what is kind of supposed to happen anyways. Mm -hmm. So it's giving buyers a break in terms of new builds. And now I know that the new one, the new Minto release happened over the weekend. I can't remember what it's called. Avenue or? Yeah, in Barhaven. In Barhaven, yeah. And I guess it was packed. It was packed, lined up around the block. Camp, people camping out. <clears throat> yeah. Like it used to be. That's crazy. But I guess, mm -hmm. you know, is Minto on in on that? I did not investigate. I was away. So I well, don't know what they did. It was Minto. I watched there's it a was video, Minto. which Stephen, we can play if, if people care. It's two minutes. But, but it was basically just saying that they were offering like entry-level homes, I think in the 350 to, four, or 390 to 410 range. Yeah, stacked mm -hmm. towns. Like somewhere in the, in the high threes, low fours. Which people were saying, like, this is kind of what we, what you would expect for a starter home, but they just don't really exist. Um, it was good to see. I was happy to see that in the news because it just goes to show that there are still people out there looking, understanding that their first home is that. Or their mm -hmm. first investment is that. Because I think, I think it got away from people for a while that they were yeah. expecting their first home to be a million dollar home. Yeah. 
And that's been the most challenging thing for us as agents and, and you guys as brokers as well. When you've got someone who's like, no, 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 we want our forever home. Now we want to spend mm -hmm. 800 to a million. And it's like, no, dude, like, Find or they just the, hear, or they just hear the average home price is you know seven hundred thousand. They, are, they like, just oh, don't know. Possible, right? Find that three hundred. Mm -hmm. You want to play this? Should we just play? Just play the first minute, Stephen, just so people can get an idea as to what was going on out there. Please and thank you, Stephen. Stephen Hopkins. He's trying to play. Once it, I know. was, but in our haven, you can get into the market for under four hundred thousand dollars. I don't have sound. CTD Sean Varden has more on how properties entering the market sure. on a cool, rainy day. Katerina Louts lined up early. This first-time home buyer looking for a two-bedroom unit. I'm here because you know the housing crisis. You know it's not easy for us Gen Zs to buy homes in the future. With Ottawa housing sales leveling off, more than forty people braved the rain to enter the real estate market. Uh, trying to buy a condo for my daughter, help to help her start up first home. It's definitely slowed down a lot since the, the pandemic craze. Those interest rates have an effect, certainly, but there's still a lot of activity. There's a lot of buyers, pent-up demand. People want to get into the market. With the average price of a single-family home in the capital over $800,000, the new Minto Development Anthem in Barhaven, offering two-bedroom units starting in the high 300s. I felt like it was good prices. Is, good, eh? Is it good? It's good. It's good pricing. I would say as a buyer's market now. So there are a lot of new houses are coming up in, in, in like next six months to a year. Louts, like many first-time buyers, getting a little help from her family to get on the property ladder. In her case, it's her seen. grandfather. I think like more than anything, it's, it's, it's good that people are obviously looking for those opportunities because, you know, we're hearing about it after the fact. These people are obviously... Well, Greg, you probably knew about it beforehand. Dave, you might too, but I'm learning about it from this article. <laughs> but it's great to see that people are actually like have their finger on the pulse mm -hmm. and are actually going to those types of opportunities because that those are opportunities that, you know, probably close in a year or two and those properties may be worth like, you know, property values rebound slightly. And, you know, you might be getting into that property again, like you said, Dave, valued at 50, 60,000 more than what you're paying for it. There are a lot of questions too. We will crack on those in just a second. I want to touch on your comment, Greg, about your client renting. The My concern with people doing that right now is that we're in a situation with the market where like prices are fairly stagnant, maybe increasing slightly, but the down that like the payment, the principal pay down on mortgages is so small. Like, you know, it's probably, especially if you're new into a 25 year amortization, probably 20%, maybe 25% of your payment is actually going to principal. The rest is going to interest. So if you're paying, making, you know, a $2,000 payment, only 500 of that is going to principal. It, 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 you might be kind of spinning your wheels for a while until it might take years to, for property values to go up enough where you're actually making that increase. Whereas previously you'd have that principal pay down where even if you wait two years, you're going to get something out of it just from the principal pay down. It seems I like it's shifted. I'm, I'm going to, on the, on the topic of renting, cause there is a question about renting. So I'm just going to jump ahead to, to gaming Canada's question. My tenants left this month. You can give me your opinion. Should I list it now or wait till March for spring market carrying costs versus benefits? So my apologies. I, I read this initially as whether they should hold it, uh, from renting it out. I'm guessing probably he's listing it. So that I will leave to Greg because I, but I did think it was a, a, a rental question, but I sped read it too quickly. So I'll, I'll let you, you touch on that, Greg. Dude, you're on mute. Just, Sorry. What did you just read? It's, uh, it's just below the highlighted question. Pro property from... vacant. Property's vacant. Mm -hmm. If you can give your opinion, should I list it now 
or wait till March for the spring market? Carrying costs versus benefits of it listing. Depends on, it depends on what it is. It depends on what it is 100%. If it's, it's, it's like an open question. Well, not an open question. It's, well, it, it, it's, if you, we don't know, we don't know what's going to happen in spring, right? We know what's going to happen now. So depending on what you paid for it, it's like I said, with my first example, if you paid a hundred thousand dollars more than what it's worth now, then I would suggest absolutely renting it. Like don't sell it now, unless you want to take that loss or rent it for a year, see what the mark, see what happens with the market and then sell it at that point. I mean, I'm, I, I'm a big believer that if you are in a fixed mortgage rate and you have a property right now that's vacant, that you can tenant, I would tenant it and I would take a loss month over month until that changes or, or take the big loss. It just depends on what your capacity for that loss is and what that looks like. I mean, and, and again, as we say on the show, like for me to answer that question properly, you'd have to message me the address. I'd have to look at it and give you an example of what I think would actually make the most sense for you. That's, that's the best way to answer that question. And I think on any time that somebody's thinking of whether to hold a property, especially vacant, and I understand because they just had tenants move out and that's why it's thinking about holding yeah. a vacant because it's hard to sell a tenanted property, but it's, you know, really it is like Greg said, specific to you and your situation, what you paid for it, how much equity you have, what your mortgage is, what your penalties to break are you know, what that opportunity so cost factors. of that money is, what property type it's, it is. So I all I would say is reach out to Greg and have a conversation because like, it is really going to be specific. Yeah. And, and let me give you an example. So in, in 200 Besser, it's a building that I spoke about at length on the show a few weeks ago. So there's eight listings in the property. I listed one the end of August. It's a beautiful property. It's the only one that's sold in that building since then. Since that time, three others have become vacant and my clients was also tenanted and they moved out as soon as we let them know that we were going to sell. They got lucky and they found another one in the building that was also for sale and for rent and they took it. So now my client was, was struggling going like, did I make a mistake? Did I do this? But we, we did the right thing. I mean, we, we pushed the listing hard. We had the open house, as I mentioned on the show and we got it sold. It's still the only one that's sold in that building since then. Now, another point, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm going out to see a bunch of properties this weekend that are low-level, low-priced condos for the market right now. We're seeing nine, eight of them are vacant. So that means that the competition for vacant properties right now is also very aggressive because those people are either in a situation where they've They've just decided they're liquidating some of their assets or they were living there. They bought something bigger and they thought that they would sell. They thought that they could sell for more. Now it's been sitting empty and now they have to sell at a, you know, not a fire sale, but at a, at a lesser price than what they would have originally thought that they could get. So your, your challenge is that you're dealing with more vacant properties that you're competing with. So when you come to the market, if you're selling, you have to under, you have to price low or not low. You don't have to price low, but you have to price aggressive to compete against those attractive properties. Attractively. Attractively. I mean, I'm being, I'm being me, an honest guy. Great Straight question. Up. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you the real story. Engaged you, and honest. I'm engaged. If you want to sell, 
you have to know how many other, first of all, not just how many other properties are for sale that are similar in your market, how many vacant properties there are, because you need to price below the vacant properties if they are as nice as yours. And we don't know what that price is right now, but that's 100% you have to do that if you need to sell. If you don't, I would just say rent it, take the loss. If you're taking a hit, take it for the next 12 months and be prepared to do that or take a big hit right now. Greg, follow-up question. Yes. I'm seeing realtors from major Canadian markets say a shift occurred in September of 2023, and they're seeing the strongest buyer's market they've seen in years in real and relative terms. How does Ottawa compare? It's happening now. Mm -hmm. It's happening slowly, but it's happening. I've been predicting this for a long time and the shift that happened in September going into October is, is reasonable. I don't think it's as aggressive as some of the more inflated markets like Toronto and Vancouver, just because Ottawa is Ottawa, but you need to be, when you're listing, you need to be very in tune or your agent has to be very in tune with what's going on in the market. And you have to, you have to be looking at the numbers daily because the thing, the thing that gets confusing is this, is that if, if the inventory stays the same, so let's say that we're looking at it right now and it seems like, Oh, well, there's more homes coming out, but then the buyers aren't buying as much as normal. So what happens then is that, the prices don't really need to drop. They just stay where they are until the buyers start to buy because there's no new listings coming out. So let's say on average, there's 10 new listings coming out a week. What if it changes to one new listing a week? There's still not enough inventory, which means people, and if people still want to buy, they're going to pay those prices that the sellers are offering, whether they've been on the market for 10 days or been on the market for hundred days, they're going to pay that price. So these are the other little things that you need to be in tune with because as soon as the market starts getting saturated, then it becomes a true buyer's market and the buyers will flood it. And then in turn, more sellers will come out after and, you know, balance it out again. But right now it's, it's a battle because I think a lot of the sellers are sitting on the fence because they also don't know where they're going to go and they have a nice asset at a nice mortgage rate and they're going to sit while less new homes will come to market. So in terms of being a true traditional buyer's market, I don't think it's as possible as in more extremely inflated markets like Toronto Bank in Ottawa. Well, we put a poll in the, in the chat, Greg, asking if Ottawa was a buyer's market and uh, four votes so far all say yes. Buyer's okay. market. Yeah. I mean, I, I, five I, I, I'm, win I'm winning for all my buyers right now in big ways, so. I, I, I agree. My, my, what I, my last comment was this may change. Yeah. I think end of August way that I explained it was end of August might've been early September. I had said that, it, you know, historically over the last three years, this was the worst time to be selling in that sense that buyers have the most power they've had in years as far as negotiating. But we're talking, you know, yeah, and, two and years ago, 11 offers, no conditions. Now, you know, you might get, two offers with lots of conditions. Like it's a totally different mm -hmm. market, right? Than it was at least on most, some, most properties. Some properties, obviously you're gonna have anomalies. Most properties, there's room to negotiate. Is that fair to say, Greg, in Ottawa? Yeah. 
It is. But at the same time, remember what I what I just said at the beginning of the show. I, I booked 13 properties to see with a first-time home buyer for for uh tomorrow, and four of them sold in the last two days. Yeah. So the warm weather's gone. Thanksgiving has spoken. Lots of conversations cold. around the dinner table. People winter start buying. Is coming. Yes, winter. But is that's coming. what I'm saying. So is it a buyer's market? Yes. Will you get a deal? Yes, I imagine. But mm -hmm. if they keep selling and the listings don't keep coming out, mm -hmm. then you're missing your opportunity. So yes, there are tons of opportunities right now. Come to the table. Buy. Now if I will you need say, to buy. If you're looking to it, buy a home. We had this similar prediction last year. I think it was around October. We said, we now is the time do. to buy. We always know, Torah. Now's the time to buy. Prices went up till April, and then they started to come down. But year over year, from last October, September, prices are still up. Right, I believe. <laughs> last I checked, prices were still up year prices over year. Prices are up, October. sales are down. Yeah. But, yeah. What's, uh, what else what do we, we got here? Has Sorry, I might be jumping ahead again. I don't want to do that. Jump. No, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to some predictions mid show Go here. Ahead and jump. Uh, Sasha says just to put y'all on the spot, let's get some predictions going. First rate cut date, bottoming of prices date, peak of spring twenty twenty two to trough percentage drop. Let's see here, peak of twenty twenty two. So, oh. I the. First price cut, like rate cut by the Bank of Canada. That's a tough one. I don't I don't think we'll see it until closer to end of spring, beginning of summer, like halfway through the year in the May, June timeframe. I think uh, inflation is extremely sticky right now. Employment numbers have been extremely strong. Even the last employment numbers last week in Canada and the U.S. were three times what the expectations were. So I think if our economy continues to be as sticky as it is in a lot of areas, that they won't be able to drop rates. We're going to need to see some real hurt in the market for the Bank of Canada to be able to drop any rates. From a bottoming of prices date, I mean, I think we saw that in January, February of this year. I think you, if you were looking for the, the trough, if you're looking for the, the bottoming out, if yeah. you did not buy in January or February of 2023, you missed your golden goose. And that's, the, again, this is... The best um, times, you're right. The best two times to buy this year were January, February of this year or, or August, September of this year. I think, I think October is still good. The sales, the sales numbers are going to be big this month, I believe, in, as in, in any traditional market. But I, there's lots of opportunities right now. So that's, that's the move. Sure. Yeah, I, I think if you if you were, you know, and everyone tries to time the market and it's mm -hmm. always, you know, and there's a reason why, you know, even in, a, in an equities market, a financial planner or advisor or wealth manager will always say, like, you can never time the market perfectly. That's why they always advise to just invest constantly, like put a little bit in because you got the dollar cost averaging going through. This is obviously different. But that's there's a reason because you're not it's 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 next to impossible to time the exact bottom and you end up missing out and then you're and then you know you you never really get in or you miss that timing. Same as on the real estate market. Some people might have you know some people will have hit it. Some people possibly purposefully. I think that a lot of the people out there that say they purposefully bought in January, February because it was the 
the trough and they saw everything coming. I think half of them are more than half or full of shit, but I think it was luck on that side. We call but, that the Paul Pelosi, eh? Just, just yeah. figuring out the bottom of the market there perfectly. Yeah, I, I think that's the, the trough. So, and, and I mean, I remember months, several months ago, I think, Greg, you had the numbers, a month over month numbers showing us bounce right back up in yeah. June or something like that, that yeah. our prices from December to January to February, like, and, and we June, really and went, June right went back, back up. June went back up above yeah. what last year had, yeah. which was and, crazy to me. And I July didn't and August, is, yeah. and it's kind of continued too. I mean, the, um, I know like, you know, number of sales were down, like number of units sold, but prices were still, were still up last month even. You and know, let's not forget, this is in a year where every possible party involved outside of home buyers, realtors, and sellers is trying to slow the market. Like everything is trying, like they're putting spikes on the road, they're throwing mud on the street, like they're trying to slow the market as much as they can. And it's still been fairly resilient. So I think, like you said, Dave, from, from my predictions, I, I agree. I think we're probably looking at, I was obviously being a little funny earlier saying rates are going to drop this month. I would say probably, yes, I'd say September 4th. I'm looking at the dates for next year. It's, you know, January, March, April, June, July, September, October, December. So eight announcements. I'm going to say probably not till the fifth or sixth. So July 24th, September, I think you're probably in that range, Dave, like mid-year. I think with everything that's happening, there's so much, and like, <laughs> we're not even talking about everything that's currently happening in the world that could also just throw so Dude. many things in the mix here like we're, we're talking if everything stays i don't even yeah. say normal stagnant yeah. as to where it is now yeah. i'm predicting july september like if a war breaks out next month like all bets are off like, who a knows? war started a war started yeah. this past weekend yes. you know yeah, so who knows how happen. that's going to impact and where that's going to roll through and it's too. a and, significant and, kickstarter to some potential yeah you know not not to globally yeah, not we'll to get see. into like that, you know, not to not our job political and, and get into that, but but it is there's a lot of outsized forces that that cause interest rates to change as well and to affect the economy as a uh, as a whole. So yeah, I think I think if you I think there's a lot of misconception too from the articles that are posted uh, mm -hmm. in the news too, because you've got like I'm you like I'm going to use CTV News Ottawa. Home sales in Ottawa down 13% year over year. So that would make you think that the, that would make you reading that headline that the prices are down 13% from last year. When in fact, they're talking about the number of units mm -hmm. sold are down 13%. Yeah. However, the price of the average price of homes. So further in the article, for those that actually, you know, get to the, you know, meat and potatoes of the article, middle of it is the says the average home price of homes sold in September was up 2.7% over yep. September, 2022. So that, that's something that people need to, number one, the, the, the media outlets need to actually, you know, put well, more clarity on what they're actually talking about, but even single family homes, they were up 0.6% year over year, September, 2022 to 2023. So the article headline might be that sales are down. They actually mean units sold were down 13%. So it's something to be cognizant of when people are reading their headlines and not actually reading the information. It's like we say every episode, contact your local professional to get the true value of what is going on with where you want to be or with what you're trying to sell in that community. 
these these vague numbers that come out are just propaganda in your neighborhood i would i would well said i would love to see the reaction like i'd just love to see one super positive headline like breaking news rates held great news for home buyers so just something that's like super optimistic <laughs> like just flood the streets with good news like it's just all doom and gloom prices are down rates are up don't buy now's not the time wait it out hold the start like just shut the fuck up and just let people live their <laughs> lives coming. if you want to buy a house buy a house you know yeah. i just think i just think like obviously we try to find nonpartisan news but no matter what like Everything is clicks now. What gets the most clicks? And like you said, Dave, like home sales in Ottawa down 13%. People want to be able to, bad news travels faster than good news. You know, I think that's, is that what they say? So like, if, if someone reads that, they're like, oh, this is something I can tell my realtor friend, or, oh, I can tell my, my dad this who thinks the market's hot or whatever. So people will click on it just because they want to have that negative news to share. So it's like, psychologically, people click on the negative. That's why people are, you know, and that spreads and that is what creates doom and gloom also the, in the market is people are influenced by these things. The the funny thing is that article could have also put as the headline like Ottawa real estate market up or prices 2%. up 0.6% mm. year over year or up 2.6%. Like it could be, you know, to your point, it's kind of spun completely negatively. But I mean, again, that is, you know, they, they, they do their own research of what's like you said, going to drive. Sorry, I got heated well. there for a second. But uh, don't get but me think, started on propaganda, Greg. Okay, no that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I think all, all that really you know Regea is just you know don't just read headlines, read into the information more, get educated, and speak to those that are educated, and not just headline uh, readers. You know what I like? I like that. I'm just looking at the comments here. That is Ottawa buyers market. Eighty three percent said yes. Sixteen percent said no. That's really cool. And I, I want to try to understand which price point. The people that said yes versus the people know we're shopping at because mm -hmm. it's it's vague like the propaganda we speak of mm -hmm. right follow-up question from sasha has ottawa so far avoided the current gta real estate armageddon is that due to less speculation or just us being a government town i think we kind of touched on it indirectly but yeah i, I mean I'll, I'll be honest you know the, the government town thing the tech town still holds value in my mind the the family friendly city that is ottawa the welcoming to immigrants foundation that we've created in ottawa i think is big so i think there is definitely some foundation of of future growth and solidity in the market versus versus some other spaces do i think that can change absolutely I think it can change instantly just depending on people's perspectives of things and how the workforce changes in Ottawa as it becomes a more established international destination for employment and for just for whatever, for, for what it's promoting itself to be and is becoming. As of right now, I still think it's a great city to invest in. I think there's more time to be successful here. However, it depends on where you see yourself and your family with the future. Are you an investor? Maybe you want to live here. Maybe you want to invest in other smaller communities around the country or elsewhere in the world. You know, if you want to invest here for your family, if you want to invest in other properties in close proximity 
that you can manage on your own or hire a property manager to do, but that you have access to, you know, maybe it's good, but it, it, it comes into a thing of cash in hand right now, especially, or, or leverage from, from equity past business deals or what you're trying to establish yourself as with your family in the city. Like there's so many variables here, but overall, I believe that Ottawa is a safer bet in terms of a major city in Canada than most for now. There's lots of opportunity here still, especially, you know, with new builds. I think a lot of new builders that aren't even in this city yet are going to come to this city. And the ones that have been here are still just going to keep building. You know, they're not, they're not going to end. I know the projects that like Tamarack, Tartan, Minto, Mattamy have, like those are going, they have like 20, 25 year plans that are just, mm. they're, they're, they're still building them they're, and they're not going anywhere because they know that, you know, it's not a, it's not a gamble to them. They know that it's, it's win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, but long-term they know that they're always going to win in the end. Like you can't bet on the house. You got to bet on the house. <laughs> oh, wow. Did I just do that? That, that was, was awesome. Wow. Day. wow. Engaged. Get Engaged. I'm, I'm giving myself Engaged. some love here, man. That was wild. <laughs> it's true, though. That's, is that, is I, that the truth? Did I just speak some truth right there? You did. You spoke some truth. I, 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 think, I, I think Toronto, Toronto especially, you know, that was reference of kind of the Armageddon. I don't know that it's been full Armageddon. Prices did drop. They are still <laughs> down. But the... I think that it's a market where there's been more international investment. There's a lot more international money. It's been going up so significantly as one of the largest cities in North America draws a lot of attention. And so that, you know, with the market going down and, and us bringing in, you know, it hasn't impacted us as much in Ottawa, but the speculation tax and the foreign buyer ban really did hit yes. Toronto a lot harder than it Ottawa. Did. And, and I, I've spoken to a number of people that are in those markets or, or real or sorry, mortgage agents that are in those markets that they're dealing with clients that are not able to, to buy because of that speculation tax or the buyer ban. And so I think that's, that's something that got forgotten about. It wasn't thought to be as impactful as it has been, but I think it has impacted the the toronto and, and vancouver markets it's, it's a good point i, I want to add on to that that i i think the there's an ongoing idea that especially now when you list your home that you're going to get foreign buyers or you're going to get buyers from toronto and vancouver that ship has sailed i'm finding that there are less and less especially with speaking more agents speaking with more and more agents that the the buyers from other cities looking at Ottawa has diminished versus a few years ago when they were buying like a lot of the new builds now they're taking a step back because like I said at the beginning of the show you know they're they're losing their position in terms of the equity they thought that they would build by this time so they're stepping back so I and I do like the idea that the people that are buying the new homes right now what i'm seeing or buying the new resale homes are people that are living in ottawa and not investors just speculating on 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 flipping like running real estate like a casino in ottawa i i find that that's less and less and and going back to like to your point dave on the like the foreign buyers tax it's part of that but it's also part of i think people are just being a little bit more 
responsible with their finances and realizing that the casino is done and that they have to be leveraging where they live in terms as opposed to just what they're just trying to flip and and earn profit from god man you know what they say greg <laughs> no, no wind is favorable if you don't know what direction you're going you know right you gotta have a plan you, you have, have a plan. to have a plan amen you just uh mr mpw probably a tough one if you're looking at buying around the one one million to 1.2 mark would it be better investment to buy land and build on for that total value or buy a new build oof there's a very wide range. I mean, obviously the materials, when, the land. Location. When you're getting when you're getting a custom home to your student to your liking, if you're willing to undergo that length of build and the stress and anxiety that go along with it. And the other is you're buying from a builder. So you're buying yeah. off their blueprint. You're buying off, you know, what is probably built eight houses down as well. And so it's really just but you're able to not have to think about it or worry about it. You can just sign on the dotted line. That's my thoughts on i agree it, i agree exactly with that it becomes it, it turns into your capacity mm -hmm. there's also a lot more capital needed to build like it's not something where you can just put your 10 percent deposit down with the builder and and have your you know custom home done it, there's a lot that goes into building a home and then a lot of capital that required to buy land you're typically only financing it anywhere from most all banks are in the 50 to 65% loan to value, meaning you're having to put 50 to 35% down. And in most cases, it's 50%. And then you're also needing capital for permits, development fees, architectural, like engineering. Which we've talked about on the show is not yeah, cheap. All yeah. of that before you get started on your single fam, on your on your home. And you have um, to be ready for, for circumstances, things yeah. that happen along the way. Every circumstance. Every circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, this, this isn't to deter you, you from building your home or your dream home. It's just more of, be going to it eyes wide open and do your research before making that decision and what your capacity is from a from a savings or from a capital and from a time horizon and kind of factoring all of those and like my, stress like, like do, you me, want, let, do you want let to me take put that it project a, let me put it a simple way let me put it a simple way if i personally was going to buy a new a new piece of land and build build my own home if i knew that what I was trying to do was going to cost me a million dollars, I wouldn't even start unless I knew I had access to $2 million. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. I wouldn't even start talking about it unless I had $2 million accessible because I would want to be ready for every little thing that could happen along the way without question and still be fine if everything didn't work out. Like Dave, you and I have financed multiple construction projects, like self-builds over the years, and all of them usually run over budget, over schedule. There's always hiccups. There's always problems. Mm -hmm. Like, you, it's not like, oh, we're going to build this in three months and, you know, 90 days to the dot, they're, they're handing the keys over. Like, you're going to run into problems for sure, or just delays, just, just general delays. And, you know, depending on, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very broad question, it's, to be fair, MPW. It's, you know, there, there's a lot of, like things that could really narrow the, the the focus as far as like, oh, I'm a builder and I have the materials and I'm buying a lot that my dad owns next door. Like there's a lot of things that could make it or, maybe more attractive, but or you have experience speaking, or you have yeah. good, good connections and experience, you know, can play into that decision as well. Certainly, you know, a lot of people that go into the self-builds try to manage 
try to manage a lot of it on their own, as opposed to hiring a project manager that's been there, done that, and has the connections for getting those sub-trades. People are outrageously optimistic that everything is going to go on schedule, on time, we're get you know, we're the LRT, we're on track and on time. Oh yeah. You know, and and realizing that, oh, well, what do you mean? Those roof trusses are like six weeks delayed and we can't do anything in the meantime. You know, everything is, you know, people are very optimistic on on a lot of builds and not don't build in enough contingency, things like that. So somebody that has experience, you know, maybe you've maybe you've helped project manage another build, you know, and you're something like that. Or you've been around and you've had you have some guidance from somebody that has built a property before, like they've gone through it and you're able to have them like help you in those early stages and give you a lot of guidance to help kind of navigate the murky waters. Cause it is, it is not, it's challenging to get, even just to get the permits with the city and what, who you have to talk to, what steps you have to take. It's not just as easy as like, I'm getting some drawings. All right, city stamp them. You know, there's a lot that goes into it and a lot of upfront costs. So yeah, I saw a number the it other is a day. Tough, it is a tough answer. It is a tough I, question. I saw a number the other day. Mm. I can't remember where I saw it from, but it was comparing Ottawa to another city. And the tower was, sorry, it was comparing Toronto to another city. And the taxes, the, the cost of the permits and taxes to build in Toronto were 300000 versus 17000 in some other city. Mm. And I was mm. like that. And that was a good example. I'm going to dig and I'm going to find that for the next show. But you know what? If you want to be on track, you need to listen to toe rep first. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that everyone needs to do. And you know who toe rep is. So reach out. <laughs> We're here to help. We want to answer your questions. Whether you, you know what, whether you choose to work with us or not, we want to work with you, but whether you choose to or not, that's up to you. We will advise you. You make the decision. Greg, you used to have you used to have an ad. We will house you. I will house you. I'll Greg house will you. house you. I will. I'll house you. I'll put you in a home. <laughs> Bet on the house. That's a uh, that's the clip of the day for me. Greg. Bet on the house. Yeah. So we've rolled into some mood boost, gents. I think we've that's... we've covered all the questions. We've covered the topics. We had a few more articles, but people good show. It was a good show. I liked it. I'll do three today. You're probably not going to like most of them, but I'll throw them out there. Number one. What do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Sophisticated. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love uh, it. Number two, what did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies. Love it as well. So stupid. Right. Number three. Stupid. Uh, I have to laugh because it's so dumb. This is what we do. Uh, this is what we do. Oh, this is what we do. Why yeah. couldn't the bicycle stand up for itself? It was too tired. Oh, wow. That one's mm. actually very clever. Yeah, too tired. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was going to mm. say it had no kickstand, but that too tired is <sighs> because it didn't have a kickstand. Correct. Right. It's, couldn't stand up for itself. Yes. Oh, wow. Greg went a different route. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in live with the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. New shows are released every Tuesday at 10 a.m. on YouTube and all streaming platforms. And we will be back. Probably another live show, November, maybe December. We'll, we'll give some more predictions. And next week, we'll be back with stats, articles, conversation. More Close remarks, gents. Engage. Engage. Disengage. Disengage. Number one, engage. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.
Deuces. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that. 